Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. All of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM Channel 80. Hello, Michelle Swoban, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And I am, uh, I'm not in a good mood. I'm just going to be honest with you about this. So hold on. I gotta Something deal, happens. I got I to deal with you being in a bad mood and our producer, Patrick Costello, being in a bad mood too. Well, you guys are going to have extra my... extra spicy this morning. Yeah, but I think you guys are going to have my back on this. Something happened to me literally moments ago that is just completely uncalled for. Oh, no. I'm walking down the hallway here at ESPN. I see Hembo uh, from Greeny walking out of the bathroom. He's going. He's turning his back to me. He then turns around, and I say, hey, how you doing? And he gives me the fist bump. Oh, no. No, no, I said, no, no, Hembo, no, 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 no. out of the bathroom? Yeah. He goes, yeah, I gave oh. you the fist no. bump. Oh, no, 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 oh, wait no, a minute. No. Wait a minute. It gets worse. Well, shouldn't you wash your hands? I said, Hembo, did you wash your hands? He goes, I did the pump. I said, what do you mean you did the pump? He did hand, the hand sanitizer. hand sanitizer. That is not washing That's your hands. That's not your washing your hands. No. So he gave me the fist bump, knowing he didn't wash his hands <laughs> immediately after the bathroom. And I'm sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? Because I was like, Ugh, and I barely, I touched. You can't do that to someone. You know, we had some great things come out of the pandemic, like the QR code. When you go out to restaurants, you don't have to touch the physical menu. That's great, because yeah. that menu harbors germs and all of those types of things. You know the one thing that I thought the pandemic was going to get rid of that it didn't? Hand greetings. Like, we, we yep. don't have to do the hand greetings. I don't have to shake your hand. I don't have to give you the fist bump. You know what I mean? It could be a, yo, what's up? Throw you the two fingers. Cool. We keep it pushing. Why do we have to shake hands and why do we have to bump fists, especially if you're a guy coming out of the bathroom? It, it was Because first of all, like, here's the thing. We don't do a great job of drying our hands right. when we're coming out of the bathroom. So your hands are still wet. Who wants to touch somebody else's hand that is wet when they're coming out of the bathroom? It was disgusting. It's awful. But his hands weren't wet. That's the problem. Ugh. Well, either, either, is so either, gross either way, out right now. Either way, it's just a bad way to operate, right? It's, it's a bad MO. Like, yeah. if you're coming right out of the bathroom, you should not dap anybody up. You just shouldn't do it. Like, if somebody wants to dap you up, if you want to give them the elbow or something like that, cool. That, yeah. That's all well and good. But no handshake, no fist bump, not out of the bathroom. That, that, that is a no-fly zone, Smalls. I'll tell you what, girls wouldn't do this. I don't know any girl that's walking out of the bathroom that's trying to fist bump or handshake me. They're like, hey, Michelle, how are you? We keep it pushing. I'm going to guess most people wash their hands after they go to the bathroom, of correct? Course. Of course. Except for Hembo. Yeah, but even if you wash your hands, like, I mean, people drying their hands. Like, like I most- do a double whammy. So out of the men's bathroom, Smalls, I don't know if, you, if it's on the same as the women's bathroom. We have the pump, as he said, the hand sanitizer, right when you get out of the men's bathroom. So I wash my hands, but then I got to open the door. So I'm in my own head here. Then I do the pump as well. So I go double whammy 
and I don't fist bump anybody. He doesn't even wash his hands, and he's fist bumping me. See, I usually dry my hands, and then I use the paper towel to open the door. That's what I do. And then throw the paper towel away right. after I'm out. Because so the bin's I, right I, by the door. Exactly. I do the same thing. Exactly. So I would fist bump you out of the bathroom then. No, don't, that. I'm not going to I'm fist bump you. I, I, I wouldn't do that to you. I appreciate like, that. I know you're willing to do that yes. because you know I, I wash my hands. I just want you to know I'm willing no, 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 to do no, that. But I would never put you in that situation. Well, thank I guess that's the point. Like this is a public service announcement. People Allow need to, me to reintroduce people myself. need to stop doing that. No, don't reintroduce yourself. I don't want to shake your hand. I don't want to dap you just up. No, but I'm just I don't want that. Like I know I'm over it. Is that seven forty five? But I am over the fist bump handshake thing coming out of the bathroom. Just don't do it. Just don't do it, people. This feels like a YouTube problem. I'm telling you. And no, the, it's a hembo problem. In the women's room though, no one's no one's doing that. We're like, oh, I love your outfit today. Great earrings. See ya. No, we do that too. No, it literally happened to me this week. I was coming out of the bathroom and one of the producers tried to dab me up. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that to you. Go ahead and take this elbow (laughs) because I'm just coming out of the bathroom. Like, and I know I wash my hands. I'm just going to give you this elbow. I'm doing you a favor. Yes. Because I don't want to, I don't want to make it awkward. Like if my hand has some residual, some moisture on it because I just washed them. I don't want you getting that. No. That's icky. Totally. I mean, you don't know what that is. I'm coming out of the bathroom. You don't know. So like, I'm not going to put you in that situation. I think that's, that's me being a good person. I agree. Yes. Now, before we get to the news of the day yesterday, I have one other thing to ask on this. Is there any part of this that's on me for reaching in and giving him the fist bump? Yes. Yeah, you, are compli- think, you are complicit. I think I made a mistake here. Well, did, you have agency in the situation. Yeah, I think I screwed that up. Did you know that he hadn't washed his hands as you were giving the fist bump or after? No, after. Well, but, I, he was, but you saw him coming out of the bathroom. Yes. So okay. why would you do that? I, I, was call- I was in a pickle. I didn't know what to do. So you were being socially awkward. Well, he's, big, big surprise. I'm shocked. <laughs> but he, he gives the fist bump. He goes to give the fist bump. And I'm just like, all right, I'll fist bump you. Very odd. Very yeah. odd. We are on Sportsmanlike, not as unsportsmanlike as Hembo with Greeny, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time here on ESPN Radio. Uh, yesterday, we had two coaching hires in the NFL. Dave Canales uh, from the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, who goes to the Carolina Panthers to be their head coach. He was one of the hottest coaches out there, and he's good at coaching football. And uh, when you look at him, what he's done here, he coached Baker Mayfield last year. Baker Mayfield is a guy that if you coach him well, you get hired. If you don't coach him well, you get fired. Fascinating <laughs> what's happened with Baker Mayfield's career. And the other one is a guy, and this is where I don't want this to get twisted. And I know the three of us are not going to twist this, but I don't want people to twist the conversation here. Raheem Morris gets hired by the Atlanta Falcons. There may not be a single person in recent memory that is more deserving of an opportunity than Raheem Morris to get a a head coaching job. This is a former head coach, so second time around, experience out of the way. He's coached offense in his career, defense in his career. He's been with multiple teams. He's still relatively young. He was just with Sean McVay. This is one of the most deserving resumes you will see for anyone to get a head coaching position. I don't know that anyone is going to try to debate that. If you do, you're not paying attention. Period. Next sentence. Bill Belichick's not employed? I'm sorry. What is happening here? Does anyone want to explain this to me? Well, I think it's fairly obvious, Evan. I don't think it's obvious. Well, I think two things are, are probably true in this situation. 
when you're hiring Bill Belichick, it's not the same as hiring another candidate for two reasons. One, you know you're likely not going to have the amount of time with him that you would with someone else based on his age. It's just a fact. And the other thing is he's going to command a certain level of control that a lot of other coaches are not. He's going to want to come in. He's going to want to bring his people. He's going to want to do it his way. And that likely means people who are currently employed are likely out of a job, and you're going to have to upend and disrupt your entire operation for a short amount of time. And even though the Falcons seemed like a good fit for Belichick, and he had at least two interviews there, I think at the end of the day, you're looking at a situation where you're saying to yourself, do I have the guts to do this, to make all of these wide-sweeping changes for this person for this short of a time? You really would have to have it play out well. If that if that happens, you have to have a championship, basically, in that window. And that's a really hard thing to stomach. Yeah, absolutely. The power dynamics in the organization completely shift because of Belichick's resume. But if you do a deeper dive and you look at the post-Tom Brady era of Bill Belichick, it hadn't been great. And because that record isn't peerless, when you consider age as a factor as well, it makes it hard for an owner to give Bill Belichick carte blanche and say, hey, over the next two or three years, you can upend my organization and do whatever you see fit with no checks and balances. And I think that became the impediment down there at Atlanta because you have Terry Fontenot, a relatively new general manager, because you have a strong team president in Rich McKay. For Arthur Blank to hire Bill Belichick and essentially cast those off to the side and say, you guys are essentially going to be figureheads, I don't think he was willing to go down that road because you didn't have a long runway. And you saw Albert Breer and others talk about this a little bit yesterday in terms of Arthur Blank wanting to hire Bill Belichick, but because he's in his early 70s and knowing that you don't see coaches coach in the NFL, you know, in in their mid to late 70s, it, it became a, a little bit of a dicey situation in terms of um, whether or not he was willing to move on from people that he had within his organization that became his football confidant. So I completely understand why the Atlanta Falcons might have had reservations about going down that road, but it feels like the track record for Bill Belichick in recent years is something that's working against him. And the decisions that I'm pointing to are moving on from Tom Brady too early, as we saw with him going down to Tampa and having success, the drafts over the last four years, and then, of course, the situation with Mac Jones' development and having Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator and Joe Judge as the quarterback's coach and not really having designated titles within the organization. I think all of those things – or what works against Bill Belichick when you're trying to make the decision on whether or not you want to turn the organization over to him. I have learned this offseason in the NFL more than any other offseason I can remember that NFL teams want to win their way. You can't just stop after NFL teams want to win. Because I am a Mike McCarthy fan, but I will use the Dallas Cowboys in this. The Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Atlanta Falcons you just laid out, the Carolina Panthers who have literally nothing to hang their hat on. Nothing. They don't have infrastructure. They don't have culture. They don't have organization. They don't have good play. They have nothing to hang their hat on right now. They want to win their way. All of these teams want to win their way. And they you can't just say if you're an NFL team, yeah, we want to win. No, 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 no. Just be honest. Be realistic. We want to win our way. We want to do it the way in which we feel comfortable doing it, which is the right of any business in America. You want to run a business, you own a business, you want to go about it your way, you have every right to do that. 
But if you're a good football team and you're voluntarily passing on Bill Belichick, you're going to regret it. But can't you say that about Bill Belichick, though? Like, we're saying this about NFL teams, but isn't the same true about Belichick? He wants to win, but he only wants to win his way. Yes, sure. I mean, that's what we saw in New England the last four years. Think about this. He's had 40 draft picks over the last four years. Only one Pro Bowl appearance from those draft picks. Out of 40. One. Out of of 40 players. Mm -hmm. One Pro Bowl appearance. One Pro Bowl appearance. Like, this ain't a guy that's a perennial Pro Bowl or one Pro Bowl appearance. That's what we're talking about. You move on from Tom Brady because you don't think he can play. The guy goes down there and wins a Super Bowl with Tampa in year one under some really tough circumstances in the middle of a damn pandemic. He would have never won the Super Bowl with New England that year, though. Well, well, you could, you, what, what, well whose fault would that be? Well, it's clearly not Tom's. No, I understand Because he, he can still play at a Pro Bowl level. So if you want to blame the coach, if you want to blame the general manager, that's fine. Just so happens that it's the same person in New England. Yeah, I mean, I think the personnel is a lot better than people give it credit for, but I understand the you numbers. You can't argue the numbers. I understand One that. Pro Bowl period. But the quarterback brings it out picks. of people. The quarterback can bring it out of people, and they got that They got that as wrong as any team could get that position. I acknowledge that. Mac Jones was horrible for them the last few years. But this is just, to me— Was, uh, it, was it his development, or was it the player? I actually think it's more the player than the development. I, I really okay, do. so it's well, you're but, blaming you're blaming the same person. But the no, development I understand certainly that. didn't help. No, it certainly did not. Yes, I understand that. I just think that when we look back at this, the, and Adam Schefter has brought this up, there's two famous things over the last five seven years in the NFL of nobody wanting someone, and we can't figure out why. Nobody wanted Tom Brady outside of the two teams in Tampa and the Chargers after he was released by New England or after he hit free agency. Excuse me. And a great example by Schefter that he brought up, nobody wanted Lamar Jackson this past year. Yeah, well, hold on. The Lamar Jackson thing is a little convoluted. It's not apples and apples because Lamar was angling for a fully guaranteed contract and owners told owners held the line in terms of not giving him that contract. I get so it. So that, that, that's what that was. So let's be clear about that. They don't want to go down that road and say that expressly because that would be collusion. But let's be clear. The owners didn't want to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. That's why everybody came out within minutes of Lamar asking for a trade and saying that they had no interest. Now, as far as the Tom Brady part of it all, when Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, says that you can't play anymore and that we're done with you and he's willing to let you walk out of the door, what do you think that does for your reputation in league circles? Well, that, the, uh, look again, what he did so, after, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, so he's right. But, but that's I mean, he's wrong. Excuse me. He Brady was, was right. Yeah, Brady was right, but Belichick was wrong, but it still doesn't change the perception around him at that point in time. Like, I think a lot of this is revisionist history because we actually seen it play out on the field. But now that people know that Belichick was wrong because of making that decision, that takes some of the shine off of him. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly an apples-to-apples situation when we talk about what happened with Brady versus what's happening with Bill Belichick right now. So it's not the same. And I guess the question that we're asking is, the Atlanta Falcons pivoting to Raheem Morris, is it more about the league thinking that Belichick is antiquated or is it more about – you know, the Falcons wanting to do it their way, and I would probably lean toward the former and not the latter. Yeah, I, I think, think that's where the NFL is right now. They're cool on Bill Belichick. We're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt in terms of having full control in our organization because we've seen what the post-Tom Brady era has looked like for you. There is zero doubt in my mind he's going to make everyone pay. Zero doubt. He's going to get a job at some point. He's going to get the record. He's going to win another Super Bowl. You think he's going to sit out this upcoming year and then coach after that? Yes, I do. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. If he sits out this year. If he sits out. You're out of your mind. I'm still not convinced of that. If he sits out, I think it's over. It's not. You're out of your mind. There's no doubt in my mind he will do it again. 
No doubt. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Number to be a part of the show. Is it Belichick saying goodbye to the NFL or the NFL saying goodbye to Belichick? Your phone calls and... We got four teams playing this weekend. We'll tell you why each of them has a chance to win next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. He's to the five. Lamar's in. Touchdown, Ravens. We're going to have a championship game in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson has been asked year after year to do more with less. They're going to throw a tight end screen left to Kelsey. Trying to angle to the far pylon. And that now sets an all-time NFL postseason record. Mahomes to Kelsey 16 times. Patrick Mahomes is building a resume like we've never seen before. Well, there's one guy that... Resume kind of looks like it a little bit better, and that's Tom Brady. But he's getting there, Patrick Mahomes, that's for sure. Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds of dollars on your car insurance with Progressive. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. All right, Why can't we just celebrate Patrick Mahomes and how great he is without having to compare him to Tom Brady? Well, when you say the resume is unmatched, I mean, it, it is matched. It is, it is unmatched by anybody in his peer group. Oh, that's for sure. Well, yeah. there is nobody in the peer group. That's hence the unmatching. Well, right? I'm just talking about from an age standpoint. He's right? amazing. He's, yeah, unbelievable. he's unbelievable. You have to, I guess you have to compare him to the all-time greats just because he doesn't have any contemporaries. But, I mean, to me, that's why it makes him so special. Like, even with Tom Brady, we recognize him as the greatest of all time right now. But he wasn't unmatched by his peer group when he was playing. At this point, correct. He wasn't. There was well, Peyton, later there was, in his career, there, there was, was nobody. There was, there was Peyton Manning. Well, Peyton Manning retired. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady was a legitimate debate until Peyton Manning retired. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Tom Brady went on to win three more championships. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like that, that's, oh, what really se- that's what really separated it. So there was a conversation <laughs> around who the greatest quarterback is of that era and of all time. With Patrick Mahomes, there's nobody that we can compare him to. All right, we are going that's currently to, playing. We are going to uh, go through some of these teams. We're going to get your phone calls in on Belichick in a little bit here, but we're going to go through the four teams playing this weekend, and we're going to play a round of um, what is it called again? Um, Tell me why. 
Oh All right. Um, oh so, so, guys, um, please. Do we play the drop before uh, we give the answer? Cece, let me handle this, will you please? <laughs> okay. When it comes to boy bands, let Evan handle okay. it, okay? So, guys, um, the, first team, going on. the first team you're going to have to. Um, Tell me why. They will win the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Kansas City Chiefs are winning, it's because Pat Mahomes and that offense is going to dictate the complexion of the game. Baltimore is is a really good football team, but they're even better if their offense can force you to fight the war on two fronts. And what I mean by that is if Baltimore's offense can get that run game going and then allow Lamar Jackson to take shots when it's second and manageable, third and manageable, then the Kansas City Chiefs defense has no shot. If the Chiefs defense allows the Ravens offense to run the ball like the Buffalo Bills did the week before in the divisional round, this is not only going to be a win for the Baltimore Ravens, but this is going to be a blowout. And keep in mind that the Baltimore Ravens against playoff teams, I mean against, against excuse me, against teams with winning records, they have a 9 and 0 record <laughs> and they've won well no, no not a 9 and 0 record but they have 9 wins of two touchdowns or more so let me say that again the baltimore ravens against teams with winning records they have 9 wins of two touchdowns or more that's how dominant they've been so if you allow that ravens offense to have the run game going and lamar get going with opportunities in the passing game and manageable downs and distances, you have no shot. So I guess that's my whole point. Like, the Baltimore Ravens are really, really good, and the Chiefs are going to have to dictate the complexion of the game. That means the offense scoring early and forcing the Ravens to play from behind. All right, Smalls, for you now. Tell me why. The Ravens will win this game. Well, I'm going to go with what CeCe said, and it's the fact that the Ravens have been dominating good teams this season. He gave the stats, but to illustrate that a little bit more, they're 6-0 and against opponents that entered the game at least three games over 500 this season, and they've won those games by an average of 26.2 points oh, per game. Oh, my God. 26.2 points per game. So a marathon. They're, they're, that's right. I bet they're winning by a marathon of points. Plus, they have the, Baltimore has the number one scoring defense. I just think top to bottom, the Ravens are a better team and they've been proving that by beating good teams and beating them handily this season. All right, CC, next one for you. Tell me why. The Lions will win this weekend. The Lions will win this weekend if they're the more physical of the two teams on the field. And what I mean by that is stopping the run and running the football, two things that they are outstanding at. And we saw the vulnerabilities of that 49ers defense in uh, in the run game last week with Aaron Jones. It's the first 100-yard rusher they had allowed in 18 games. But this is a situation now where you saw that their run defense, particularly on the edges and the perimeter, was suspect, and the Detroit Lions could take advantage of that with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. And so I think if you have a Lions team that goes in there and can establish the run game and stop the run, then they're going to come out of there with a win from Santa Clara. All right, Smalls, last one for you. Tell me why. The Niners win this weekend. Um, just before I give my answer, I want to make it clear. NSYNC is the superior boy band, even though we're giving the Backstreet Boys I love. would agree with you okay, on that. Great. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers will win if Debo Samuel plays and if he's healthy. Because clearly that offense takes a massive dip when he's not there. Um, I, th- I think if Brock Purdy doesn't have to do too much, the 49ers will be in good, pl- good shape. But when Debo Samuel is healthy, the 49ers lead in yards per play and yards per rush. They're first in the NFL in both of those categories when he's out on the field. So obviously the offense has a huge void when Debo's not there. If he plays, I think the 49ers are just too strong and that they'll win the game. All right, last thing here. Tell me why. Everybody should go to Vivid Seats. 
<laughs> Check out that New Year's bucket list with tickets from Vivid Seats. Your home for every tackle, every slash shot, and every dunk. If you're a Lions fan, it's your home for the NFC Championship game. Vivid Seats celebrates fandom with unbeatable rewards like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. With Vivid Seats rewards you earn with every purchase from tip-off to the final buzzer, Vivid Seats has great selection and great prices on all the 2024 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is One Direction. CC claims he doesn't know any One Direction songs. You're bopping. I don't know the song, but you like it. Yeah, it's a bop. I don't. I don't know the song, but it's a bop. I I can appreciate it, but I didn't know it was One Direction. Yeah, right. No, I swear, I didn't. How do you not know One Direction? I know Harry Styles, but I don't know One Direction. I guess I do now because I know this song. We are unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, three-fifths of One Direction. Uh, unsportsmanlike presented by God Progressive of Insurance. For motor- by the way, CC got confused for One Direction and One Republic. So if it's a band that has or a group that has one in it, it's all the same to CC. That's what we've learned. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you could save. At 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. All right. uh, A lot of people want to weigh in here on Belichick as he is, for lack of a better way of saying it, currently unemployed as an NFL head coach. We do have multiple openings still remaining. Seattle and Washington. Now, he hasn't interviewed in either of those spots. Uh, I don't want it. I'm going to continue to reiterate this. Let's not get it twisted. Specifically with Atlanta. Atlanta hired a guy that absolutely in Raheem Morris should be an NFL head coach this year. His resume, his experience, the way in which players play for him, absolutely 1,000% warrants a head coaching position in the NFL this year. Period. Next sentence. It is surprising that Bill Belichick could interview anywhere twice and not get a job anywhere, at least to date. Frank in Los Angeles on 710 ESPN. What's up, Frank? How you guys doing? What's up, Frankie? Uh, Michelle, I love you. Uh, Belichick's done. He's he's over the hill. I don't think anybody wants him. And the last thing I have to say is, CC, I love you. You're awesome with the Cowboys. Happy New Year. Ah, <laughs> yes. Thanks, Frank. Belichick's uh, – just be careful, everybody, with this Belichick's done. Bob in Tampa on ESPN2. What's up, Bob? Hey, hey, gang. Good morning. Love the show. Got to get the workout done just so I don't miss the starting minute. Um, we appreciate Evan, it. you need to tell me why Belichick <laughs> can't get another interview even. In fact, I think the biggest problem is a lot of people are too intimidated to talk to the guy. Uh, you know, imagine, imagine him. It's like an interview where he's getting pulled over at a light for speeding or running the light. And he looks at him and he goes, you know who I am? 
you remember who I am? It, it, it's probably a difficult interview. And I, 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 he doesn't even have anything to say now because he can't answer a question with on to Seattle or <laughs> on to one of the other jobs that may or may not be there because he's not getting scheduled for interviews. That's I'll, an, that, I'll hang up and Yeah, that's an interesting angle to this. That is there a fear in interviewing him by some of these people that run organizations, do we think? Why, they're in the power position here. They're in the driver's seat. He wants to be employed, and they can grant that wish. So I don't know why an organization would have an intimidation factor when it comes to Bill Belichick. Maybe they understand that he's going to come in there and command a certain level of power, and they're just not interested. But I don't think that they would be intimidated by him, especially with the recent record. Yes, he has the resume, but what happened in New England the past couple of seasons does not necessarily put him ahead of the pack in the interview process with a lot of other people that were out there. Yeah, there's no question about it in my mind. Like, I mean, if Bill Belichick is stepping in and saying, I'm okay with the general manager – having final say and, and final control over the personnel in the scouting department, I think that's one thing. But when Belichick is coming in, you know that that's not going to be the dynamic. He's going to have some say in the the players that they go after and, and, and potentially what the, the roster is going to look like when you have the cut down in the preseason. Like it, It's going to be his whole show. He's going to be the football czar. And I don't think the recent history from Belichick would warrant that type of confidence in order to turn over the keys to the entire organization. That's why I think teams are hesitant to go down that road. But my only thing about the Belichick situation that's really, really curious is why he hasn't talked to other teams during this hiring cycle. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason, like just to you know, hear it from Belichick in terms of what exactly he wants, the fact that he's only interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons is really, really strange, and, and something about it seems weird to me. That's the only part of this where I kind of agree with you, Ev. Why aren't other teams in on at least talking to him? Why haven't they submitted interview requests? We are talking about the greatest coach of all time. So that's why it's got to be a two-way street in some cases. Not all. Like, I guarantee you there's a job he'd be interested in that hasn't called him. I also guarantee that there's probably a job that may be interested in him that they got word he ain't coming there, like, right? Yeah. Like a Carolina? Sure. There's yeah, no that, question about yeah, it. Yeah, that seems like a good one, right? Like, he's not just taking a job for the sake of taking a job. I also will say this. Whether you let, let's pretend that CC and Smalls are right on this one, and that if he doesn't get a job this year, he may never get a job again. I'll even I'll play that out for a second. I don't agree, but I'll play it out. I still think his presence hanging over all of these teams next year is going to be overwhelming for some of the drama around these teams: Dallas, Philly, uh, Buffalo, maybe Miami, maybe Jacksonville. He, the presence it did it. How long was Cower hanging over the Giants' job? Where people would always ask, oh, you know, Post Coughlin, Bill Cowher, he's in New York, he's in New York, all the time. People but he never ask, came back to coach. He never came back to coach, right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think that the the presence of Belichick is going to be overwhelming for some of these jobs this year. Yeah, it's going to be, it, it might be overwhelming in the sense that we have uh, the conversation in hindsight about whether or not they made a mistake, but it's not going to influence what those franchises do moving forward. Like, I, I don't think that – well, we certainly know Belichick ain't stepping in in the middle of the season to save the day. That ain't going to happen. This ain't the NBA. You can't fire a coach months into the season and expect, you know, somebody to step in like Doc Rivers is going to be asked with the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, that's that's a different animal. So, it's about what happens after 2024. And given that he would be 73 years old going into the 2025 season, yeah. I just don't see a franchise deciding that they're going to give Bill Belichick an opportunity – to try to you know get them you know to a better place in a two or three 
season sample size, especially with him being at that age and him sitting out of football for an entire calendar year. Yeah, he's going to be 72 in April, Evan. I mean, it's totally different than the Sean Payton situation. I just looked it up. He's 60 right now. I mean, as much as we want to not put age in here because he's still Bill Belichick, he's going to be 72 in a few months. So how many more years of, uh, if he gets a job today somewhere, how many more years do you think he has as a coach? Give me a rough estimate. Three max. Three max. Okay. So if I look at, if I look around the league right now and I look at uh, Brian Callahan, Dave Canales, one of the hottest coaches around right now. Huh. Well, he's good at coaching football too. Um, Raheem Morris. Uh, if I look at these guys, would you like to bet that one of them gets fired before three years? Because I guarantee that's going to happen. One of them will get fired before the, the three but years. But the possibility exists that they could be there longer. Whereas I understand that. We're watching other coaches. I know Pete Carroll, it wasn't a completely mutual decision, but they're deciding to go in a younger, uh, fresher option. Maybe. We don't know. That's, that's true. <laughs> if that's they fair. Hire Belichick. If they do hire Bill Belichick, maybe I'm wrong. But it's, it seems like they're not yeah. going to go that, that route. We're seems looking like at they're Nick's- waiting on Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and it- Seattle? Yeah. Okay, so then, then we're sitting there, no Vrabel, no Carroll, no Belichick. How does that make sense? But we just saw Nick Saban walk away where his team was a one play away from going to another national championship game. Being a head coach is a very physically taxing job. It takes all of you. It's all consuming. And at some point in your life, you physically, mentally, emotionally just don't have it the same way that you did before. And I think teams are certainly taking that into consideration with Belichick. Chuck in Dayton, Ohio, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's going on, Chuck? Top of the morning to everybody. How you doing? Morning. I think uh, the situation with coaches like Bill, Vrabel, and even my coach, defense coordinator Dan Quinn, it's about making adjustments and being stubborn in their ways. They're not making adjustments to to win the ball games in the technique and the ways that's needed. When you look at Dan Quinn this year, he sits there and calls these schemes, but leaves three feet gaps in between the tackles. And people doing like, well, we can run through that. Bill, Bill, not making adjustments on how their team is going to win. And I don't think the NFL owners are wanting to put their their money and their team into that situation. Yeah, I, to I, I gotta be fair. I gotta be fair, Chuck, and thanks for the phone call. I don't think Belichick is not getting a job because he's not making proper in-game adjustments because if you put him as the head coach of the Buffalo Bills right now, or a week ago, they're winning the game. Well, here's here's what I'll say. It, I think I think he's on to something. I think Chuck is on to something with the adjustments. I just don't think it has anything to do with the X's and O's. I think it's adjusting your approach. That's different. You know what I'm saying? That Adjust, I adjusting to. your approach because the job is so big right now, because there's so many different facets to it. Why do you that ring at me? I'm talking with my head. Stop yourself. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, because the job is so big right now, and there's so many facets to being a head coach and to being a general manager, it's hard for one person to wear all those different hats sure. and, and, and be as effective at both jobs. And so being open to the idea of, you know, being able to delegate power and responsibility is something that I think Bill Belichick needs to do in order to keep up with the times, but then also being willing to adjust your approach as well. 
how you interact with players, how you interact with your coaching staff, all of those things matter. The soft skills that it takes to be able to communicate with this generation of athlete, knowing that they're different than the guys that came into the league 20 years ago. They're different than the guys that were in the league in the 70s when you broke into coaching in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Again, you have to adjust your approach. Just because something has worked for a really long time doesn't mean that it's not time for you to adjust and change it. I, I get how people can be so staunch in their ways, in their approach, but it's clear that with this generation of athlete, it has to be different. It has to be collaborative. Otherwise, they're going to tune you out. And that's exactly what it looked like in New England over the past couple of years. A team that tuned out their head coach. That Outside of the last part, I agree with everything you said because I think when you look at this, the adjustment part, as you said, is not during the four quarters. It's during everything before and after that. And the way, because I correct me if I'm wrong, there's not an organization currently that is structured the way that New England was structured. I guess Kansas City's probably the closest to it, where the head coach is kind of running everything, hiring everybody underneath. Kyle, Kyle in San Francisco. San Francisco. He's got final say over the final 53. Yeah. Okay, now, now we're bringing up a whole other thing. So, the t- so two of the final four are structured that way. That's interesting, right? That, that that structure did work well for 20 years, may not work as well with him, the specific of Bill right mm-hmm. now, but the versions of that, the two we just brought up, are still playing this weekend. That's it. That's a whole other now – now my brain is racing here. You're confused? Be- well, because you rightfully said, hey, you got to adjust, and then the- I'm asking the question of who's doing it that way, and two of the four teams that are still there are actually doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Is John Harbaugh in charge or Eric DaCosta in charge? DaCosta. Okay. There is something to this, that if it's the right mix, the right people, that one coach in but charge of everything. But, yeah, but it's not – here's the thing. It's not even just the fact that you have a coach that has – the, the responsibility of the final roster, but it's being able to delegate those responsibilities, those powers. Like Kyle Shanahan lets John Lynch do his job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like Bill Belichick is is of the mind of letting people do their jobs and, and giving them that autonomy. Think about what Gerard Mayo said in his introductory press conference. He says, we're not going to operate in silos. He was intentional about that, meaning that that's how things were under Bill Belichick. And you just can't operate in silos with the head coach having all the information. Information has to be shared. It has to be more of a collaborative approach. So I was saying that with Bill Belichick toward the players, but maybe it's actually Bill Belichick with the front office staff as well, with his own coaching staff, being able to share information throughout the organization. That way everybody can be on the same page. But when you're not willing to do that because you want to be able to consolidate power, it, it makes it for a very tense environment, and that's why teams are hesitant to go down that road because nobody wants to go to work and feel like they're walking on eggshells no. and they're in the dark and they don't know what's happening. That's the worst feeling. Where are sportsmen like on ESPN Radio? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, Lamar Mahomes this weekend. First time in this kind of matchup. AFC Championship game. I was just too loud for Smalls. <laughs> I saw her face. She made the volume lower when I spoke. We are on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hopefully the audience doesn't follow suit. Uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Wow. Uh, along with Michelle Small and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So, question. Lamar this weekend, which extreme is greater? The praise he'll get if he wins or the hate he'll get if he loses? The former, the praise. Because if you lose to Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, there's no shame in that. I mean, Pat Mahomes is on a trajectory to be – the greatest quarterback of all time, right? I, I mean, if he has an opportunity to go to, what, five Super Bowls? I mean, four Super Bowls over the last five years, then all of a sudden now you're like, okay, he might have a chance to match and or exceed Tom Brady's ring count. Like, that that would be absolutely wild. So if Lamar loses, there's no shame in that. But I do think that it adds to the resume in a way that we can now actually compare somebody to Pat Mahomes that's currently in the National Football League, and that would be Lamar Jackson. He would have the same number of MVPs. We're anticipating that he's going to win his second MVP in a matter of weeks. And then you're talking about him you know, being able to have an opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl for a championship. If he's only one ring off of Pat Mahomes after this season, then I think it's fair to call it a legitimate rivalry, and it's fair to ask the question about at at any given point, who the best quarterback in the sport is. I agree with you. However, as you were talking, I thought, yeah, there is no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But we certainly didn't give Josh Allen a whole lot of grace when it happened to him. And I think people will take that same approach with Lamar, but for a different reason. Mm. With Josh Allen, it's because he doesn't have those things on his resume. Because of Lamar having those things on his resume, we expect him to be able to overcome Patrick Mahomes and get to a Super Bowl. Because he is a two-time, presumably, MVP, we expect him to get to a Super Bowl. Because he's the first quarterback to lead his team in rushing yards and reach the conference championship game, we expect him. There's all of these things that he has been because able, he has a Super Bowl winning head coach. Because we expect he, we him expect him to, to be able him. to do that. Yeah. Because he has the number one scoring defense on the other side of him, we expect him to be able to get there. There's not one thing that's happening right now with the Baltimore Ravens that you would look at and say they're not capable of winning a Super Bowl. So if he loses to Patrick Mahomes and this team, this Kansas City Chiefs team that hasn't looked all that dominant at points this season, yes, I know it's Patrick Mahomes, thirteen and three in the playoffs. But this is a more vulnerable version of the Chiefs, regardless of everything else. And if Lamar doesn't beat him and they lose, despite being the better team, I think we're going to hear a lot of people give him grief for that. But I guess the question is, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but my question is this. Does the complexion of the game matter? If it's a shootout and it goes into overtime and Pat Mahomes gets the ball first and goes down and scores a touchdown, are we going to hold that against Lamar? Yes. 
You think so? Well, it was it was with Josh Allen, and we talk about those two incompletions down the stretch. I don't think anybody holds the divisional game in 2021 against Josh Allen, do they? They shouldn't. The overtime one you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, with Pat Mahomes getting the ball back in 13 seconds left in regulation, nobody holds that against Josh Allen. They shouldn't. They absolutely shouldn't. That was a, a spectacular game that Josh Allen played. Now, I guess when you look at the overall record that he's had with Mahomes and being 0-3 in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. that gets held against him. But this is the first playoff meeting between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So if Pat Mahomes comes out on top, I just think it would be incredibly unfair to Lamar to hold that against him, especially if the game looks like that. Now, if Lamar Jackson goes out there and has multiple turnovers, and, and that's the reason why the Chiefs are able to eke out a win on the road, then fine. I'm, I'm I'm willing to have that conversation, and I'm willing to compare it to the, the the Josh Allen of it all. But if it's a closely contested game, and you lose to a guy that's on a trajectory not only to be a Hall of Famer but the greatest of all time, I don't think there's any shame in that. So I think that he will get. My opinion is he will get more hate than he would love if he wins. But I think it's for a different reason than Smalls is saying. Smalls's reason is the proper, healthier reason of. Person is so good at what they do, we expect them to reach the pinnacle of, of what they do. So you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that the critique of Lamar in your mind, if it comes, should be based on the great expectations because of his greatness. Yes. Right. Absolutely. That is the healthy, proper, in my opinion, proper way of thinking, if you're going to choose that route. I think people are waiting for him to screw up. Fair. I think people are waiting for this guy to screw up, to prove themselves right. Now, i got to be fair. Part of us probably did that a little bit with Josh Allen, and it's more about you know those who have propped Josh Allen up, like, see, I told you so kind of moments, but I do believe that there are countless people who are looking for Josh, excuse me, for Lamar Jackson this weekend to throw a couple of interceptions, to fumble the football, to prove yet again in their minds, see, he's not a good playoff performer. I don't care that much about the regular season. Big deal on the MVPs. In a big moment, you can't trust Lamar Jackson. He's got a losing record in the postseason, et cetera, et cetera. I think he will get more hate if he loses than love if he wins because there are many who are waiting for him to lose. Well, here's the thing. They can be waiting for him to lose, but if he wins this weekend, it ain't going to happen the rest of the season. And what I'm saying is the AFC Championship game is the de facto Super Bowl. Whoever comes out of this game is going to win the big game. Like I just I I believe in these two teams more so than anybody on the other side of the bracket. So if Lamar wins this game against the Kansas City Chiefs, then I'm going to go ahead and assume that it's a fait accompli that Lamar Jackson is going to get his first championship. Wow! And if that ends up happening, then all of a sudden the perception around Lamar Jackson is forced to change. People that were naysayers can no longer say anything else for the rest of his career. He would be a champion and a two-time MVP. That's right. There's nothing missing from the resume at that point. Nope. And everybody that said that style of play couldn't have success in the NFL would be have proven wrong, period. There is no more debate if that ends up happening. If he wins this weekend, the debate is over. The flip side, though, is now if he loses the Super Bowl, we should set him up for, to get ripped here. Well, we see what they did to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Regular season. Regular season. I think it's going to be more hate. I hope you're right. I hope it's more love. I really do. We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.